Good morning, Gateway Church. It's great to be with you. Uh, I can't believe that another week has gone by already, but I trust that things are well with you. Uh, this has been an, a great fall that God has given us. The warmth of this past week has been so enjoyable. Um, and even with the fog that has uh, drifted in at night and in the mornings, it's still been beautiful, and we're grateful for that. A uh, number of announcements uh, this morning as we begin. First of all, there's a business meeting on uh, November 11th, Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. We'll be meeting in the sanctuary. Uh, we'll be social distancing, um, but we would like to have the meeting and, and catch up and do some, get some feedback on the process of our partnership with Redeeming Grace Fellowship. Uh, please plan to attend. We're also in the middle of uh, Operation Christmas Child. You can uh, come to the church and or the nursery school in the morning and pick up a box. Uh, if you'd like to be a part of it, or a couple of boxes, uh, there are a number of families that are doing um, these uh, shoe boxes for us, but uh, please feel free to get them. They, there's instructions for how to do it, and we've been showing you the videos the last couple of weeks of the kind of impact that it's been making on kids around the globe, and what a privilege it is to help them out, especially during this year of pandemic. Um, we are soon to have our preschool Father-Child Breakfast. Um, I hope that you'll be in prayer for that. Um, pray for the fathers of our kids, that God would bless them. And then as Pastor Caleb brings the message this year uh, of hope and encouragement to them, that um, they would be responsive and grow closer to the Lord. Abba Ministries, which is our local uh, ministry in the town of Hempstead for um, helping underprivileged families, is having their Thanksgiving drive. There's information in the back of the church on how you can provide a financial um, gift to help them uh, meet the needs of over a thousand families this year. Uh, our prayer meetings are Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock p.m. You can join us in person here in the basement of the church or you can join us uh, via Zoom and make sure that we have your email address so that we can send you an invitation to the Zoom meeting if you would like to join us that way. And then Sunday mornings at 9.15 before the worship service uh, we meet for prayer in the front uh, room off the front lobby of the church uh, so that we can ask for God's blessing and help for that day. Thank you so much for your continued giving to Gateway Church. We do need your help and support. As you might suspect, with people losing jobs and with uh, attendance lowering, everything that you can do to help us meet our financial needs is an incredible blessing. We've got an offering box in the back of the church that you can place your gifts in at any time during the week and on Sunday mornings. You can also go to our church website and use the uh, menu at the top to give online. You can use your bank's bill pay option, or you can send a check to 50 Walcott Road, Levittown, New York, 11756. Um, this morning we're going to be taking a look at a beautiful passage of scripture in Isaiah chapter 55. It is one of the calls of God to his people. And this call to Israel is just beautiful in its offer of grace and its offer of mercy. And we want to begin the service by reading the scripture to you this morning. Isaiah 55. Come all who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy, and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread, and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me, and eat what is good, and your soul will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. 
Hear me, that your soul may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and a commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you do not know, and nations that do not know you will hasten to you, because the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him, and to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth, and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the pine tree and instead of the briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign which will not be destroyed. Let's pray. Father, as we join in worship this morning, whether it be here at Gateway Church or in our homes or around the globe, I pray, Father, that your people would hear this call, this call to come and buy that which they cannot afford because it's being given as a free gift in Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, that we would seek your renown and I pray, Father, that this day would be an honor to you. Help us to hear this call. Help us to answer this call. Help us to just relish the blessings of being with you, our God and our Savior, in your presence today. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Great to be with you again. I hope things are well with you at home. Uh, we're still worshiping here at Gateway Church, but it's great to be able to share the word with you together. Uh, let's open with a word of prayer. Father, I want to thank you for the scripture that you've given us this morning from the prophet Isaiah, and I ask that our hearts would be open to the message that's been given to us. Father, it is a warm welcome, and it's one that we need to hear. I pray that we would answer. May your spirit write your word upon our hearts, and we pray this this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. While I was growing up, I was very um, much aware of the fact that when you were called you answered and so if it was dinner time and we were scattered about our five acre piece of property our mother or grandmother would come out the back door and would would call out our names and say it's dinner time um, our neighbor was one that uh, had a dinner bell so if he was over playing with us and you heard that bell he took off and ran um, we also are very much aware of the fact that Back in those days, uh, we didn't have caller ID and all of that kind of thing. And so when people called, you wanted to find out who it was. And uh, on a larger piece of property like we had, we had a phone that rang outside and you would go running. And you were always disappointed if you got to the phone and there was nobody on the other end because they had given up. Uh, today, we're very much aware in this digital age with our cell phones and our tablets of when somebody calls us, we... We want to answer, but it's even more sophisticated than that. 
Uh, we're also very much aware that with caller ID and all the other things we have at our disposal, if we don't want to talk to the person that's calling, we don't answer. And all of this helps us to understand the passage of Scripture that we come to today, that God has placed a call on His creation, and a call in particular on mankind, who is the highlight and love of His creation. And we have a choice of whether we're going to run to that call, whether we're going to get there in time, and whether we're going to even answer it because we know who's calling. And sometimes we put off God's call, and that's what Israel had been doing when the prophet Isaiah was ministering to the land. They heard the call. It was being preached in the temple. It was being preached on the steps of the um, city. And they had heard the truth of the law of God, but there were many that were choosing not to listen to it. They were worshiping other idols, and they had fallen deep into sin. And God gives us, in Isaiah chapter 55, one of the most beautiful calls to come to Him that we find in all of Scripture. And the question that we want to challenge you with this morning, the thing that we want you to come to a conclusion on is, is are you willing, when you hear it, to answer God's call? And in particular, we want you to hear this morning this gentle and loving call of God to return to Him, to come to Him, and to get from Him what you cannot afford, to get from Him what you cannot find or do on your own. We are not self-sufficient when it comes to the need of eternal salvation. We are in need of a God that is able to save us. And here's the call today, will you answer it? In Isaiah chapter 55, it's put this way, Come all who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. And for those of us that understand the call of God, we realize that we have sinned against God and, and we're just not worthy of even coming to Him. And the cost of our sin is so great in the presence and in the eyes of a holy God that it's going to take a great salvation to deliver us. And so it's incredible that God, who had made His people so aware of the problem of sin, would offer this call. He said, I want you to come to the waters. Could you imagine going to the store, you got no money, and asking them to please give you whatever they have, and then you have no money to give? But God is saying that when it comes to this salvation that I have to offer, I want you to come knowing that you're thirsty. Come to the waters, and you don't have enough money to buy what I have to offer, but come buy it without money and without cost. And so what we want to do this morning is we want to take a look at this call and the need to answer it, how we're to answer it and why, and what it might look like when we walk down this path of running to the call of God. And the first thing is, is that we answer this call because we answer it because we want our soul to live. And most of us know this darkness within us, that we can get through life, we can enjoy life, but there's just something missing. It's often been called the God-shaped hole. Uh, it's that place where God has designed us to have fellowship with Him. And if you never have that fellowship with Him, you'll never know the beauty of satisfaction of life that God has created us to live. We need to answer this call so that our soul may live. And so in verse 3, after saying, Come and buy without money, I'll give it to you. He says, Give ear and come to me, and hear that your soul may live. I will make an everlasting agreement with you. 
my faithful love promised to David. The incredible thing about God's desire to work with us and God's desire to have a relationship with us is he says, I want to establish it forever. There are very few things that last forever in life. The things that we buy break and fall apart or they deteriorate. Imagine um, how if you could just buy a car when you're first married and it would last for the rest of your relationship. Imagine if you had a marriage and you made the vows and it never had a hard time or never a breakup. And what God is saying is, is I'm going to make a covenant that's going to last forever and my love is going to be a faithful love. It stands in contrast to the love you're offering to one another. And in this day and age when we see all of the polarization in politics and the social unrest because of race issues and problems and um, injustice, when we see the coronavirus pressing upon us, we need a faithful love. We need something that's going to last forever and God is saying that's what I'm going to offer to you and it's what you're to offer to others. Uh, it's interesting in the following scriptures that follow this in Isaiah chapter 15 God comes down really hard on the land of Israel for the sin that they had committed against him and in particular a sin uh, to worship the god Moloch where they were actually sacrificing their children thinking that it would bring some appeasement to the gods of that land and God had told them and warned them against this but yet uh, and that's why so many of us have such a great problem with this, the sin of abortion in our own land that it is a sin of convenience thinking that we might be able to be better off if we would destroy our young but it was never to be the case and so he gets to the end of this discussion of their turning to other gods and they're collecting gods here and gods there and he says, Whom have you so dreaded and feared that you have been false to me, and have neither remembered me nor pondered this in your hearts? Is it not because I have been silent for, uh, that you do not fear me? And, and think about it. Many of us have made the comment that if only God would answer my prayers, if only God would speak to me. But God often stands off and lets his children play. God stands off and lets his children live like any adult would do with their own kids, letting them grow. And they have choices to make, to do what would be honoring to their parents or dishonoring to their parents. And when an, a parent is silent, it doesn't mean there's no love and there's no affection, and it doesn't mean that there shouldn't be obedience on the part of the kids. But whom have you so dreaded and feared? And that's the problem, is, is we fear people in this world more than we fear God. And that's why we'll follow the things of the world more than we'll follow God. And his call comes to us saying, come to me, those of you who are thirsty, and I'll give you to drink. He says, I will expose your righteousness and your works. Those things that you think make you holier than others and worthy of, of living, they will not benefit you. Our righteousness that is of ourselves is bankrupt. Our righteousness that of ourselves is not good enough for the stores of God's heavenly places. When you cry out for help, let your collection of idols save you. The thing that's interesting in this passage is, is that the word idols is not there, but he says, let your collection save you. Those things that you've gathered around you that you think are going to get you through eternity and are going to get you through life. He says, let them save you. The wind will carry them off. A mere breath will blow them away. But the man who makes his refuge, makes me his refuge, will inherit the land and possess my holy mountain. There are many of us that want to taste the presence of God. We want to see the presence of God. 
And it begins by making God your refuge, by making Jesus the sacrifice for your sins, your place of hope and your place of help. Come to God. Buy that from Him which you cannot afford by just coming to Him and submitting to Him and worshiping Him and trusting in Him. Make Him your refuge and you will inherit the land and possess His holy mountain. For those of you that are seeking God, this is His call. Come to Jesus. We spoke about that last week when Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Surely you will summon nations you do not know, and nations that you do not know will hasten to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for He has endowed you with splendor. This is going to be the lot of those that trust in Him. This is going to be the part of those who have souls that live. And so in the answering of God's call, we have a desire that our soul would live and live for eternity. But we also need to realize that we need to answer while He may be found. Um, there have been times when I've uh, felt my phone ringing. And uh, as a matter of fact, it's incredible somebody else's phone will ring and you'll automatically go to your pocket where your phone is and wonder if it's your phone that's ringing. But sometimes you get to it too late. And when you answer the phone, you get this response that says, I'm sorry, but the party you're calling is not available at this time. And you realize that they're still somehow electronically connected to you and you just can't make the connection. We're very much aware that people will hang up, that people will give up on trying to reach us. And God says to us, answer while he may be found. The passage goes on in Isaiah 55 to say, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. And here's what he wants us to do. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. Uh, this is the thing that's beautiful about this call of God. And I mentioned that it's one of the warmest and most beautiful in all of Scripture. But he's asking you to forsake the way of wickedness and the evil thoughts that that are busy in your mind. We're told in the New Testament scriptures that we're to have a transformed mind and that our most beautiful kind of worship is to present ourselves as a living sacrifice to God, body, soul, and spirit, all of us. But we need to turn to the Lord and God says he will have mercy on him and he will freely pardon. And this is not the way the world works. God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declare the Lord. And as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. The grace of God is an incredible concept, and the world just can't live up to it. Everybody thinks that they own the concept of love, that they're just a little more loving than the people around them, loving because of the way they think, loving because of the way that they act. But everybody's love falls short of the love that God has for his people. Jesus would say, greater love has no one than this, than he would lay down his life for his friends. And we've seen others show this kind of great love, but that's the standard of God's love. And it's a standard that he owned himself. He said, I have so loved you that I'm going to die for you on the cross, my son, Jesus Christ, whom I have sent. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. And so when you look at the world around us, and everybody's trying to figure out what is the righteous way. The 
Democratic Party thinks they have the righteous way. The Republican Party has, thinks they have the righteous way. The, this side has that way, and this, everybody thinks they're more righteous than everybody else. And God has said, let my standard be your guide. Let my righteousness be your guide. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. If you want a higher understanding, seek the understanding of God. Come to Him. The passage goes on to say, As the rain and snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And this promise of faithfulness, this promise of God's ability to achieve what he wants to accomplish is in the context of his willingness to show mercy and forgive. Uh, I wish that one of the highest callings of mankind would be to show mercy and love to others. But we've made mistakes all along the way. Um, we've made mistakes that said there is no redemption of mankind, and so we've thrown them in prison with no hope of ever getting out. We see people make mistakes all the time in the things that they say, and we just say they ought to be fired, they ought to lose their job. I think it's a crucial mistake that when somebody utters something wrong, that they fire them from their job and, and just remove them from the discourse. It should be that we should seek to restore people, and that's what God is doing here in Isaiah chapter 55. He says, I want to restore you. I want to make you whole again. I want to show to you mercy. And my word that is promising this mercy, this forgiveness, will not return void. It will not return empty, but it will accomplish the purpose for which I sent it. Do you hear the call of God? That call will affect in you a change that will radically affect who you are, and it will allow your soul to live, that dead part of you that needs life. And so, we need to answer while he may be found, because God is telling us in the book of Isaiah that I'm not going to call out forever, that because of who I am, I have a right to hang up the phone when there is no answer. And that's what God is going to do. He did it for the nation of Israel, and he's going to eventually do it at the end of time. We appreciate the fact that Jesus hasn't come again because what it means is, is He wants to save more people. He's waiting for you to come to Him. He's waiting for you to return to Him. But then here's the beautiful part of the story. That God is calling and we need to answer that our soul may live. We need to answer before He hangs up the phone and stops the call. But He wants us to find joy and peace. And I don't know anybody that doesn't want to discover joy and peace. They want to have a mind that's not at war with itself and with others, that's quiet and at rest. They want to experience pleasure. It's one of the great things that God has given us as a creator, is this ability to take pleasure in life and pleasure in the things that we see and in the things that we do and in the things that we feel. Answer to discover joy and peace. He says, if you come to me, if you respond to this call by forsaking your wickedness, you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Some people think that this concept of hills alive with music was 
in the mind of Rogers and Hammerstein, but it was in the prophet Isaiah long before any of the modern writers ever had anything to do with it. And uh, I remember one of the funniest things I watched with my kids on Sesame Street was Kermit the Frog um, sitting on a hilltop and he began to sing that song, The Hills Are Alive with the Sound of Music, and the hill began to move underneath of him. And he's looking around and he says, this is really weird. But this is the description of beauty and joy that God gives to us when it comes to forsaking your wickedness and finding the salvation in the way of God. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace, and the mountains and the hills will burst into song before you, and all of the trees of the field will clap their hands, applauding the God of this universe for what he's doing in your life. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the pine tree, and instead of briars the myrtle will grow. In other words, God has the ability to reverse the curse of Genesis chapter 3. The falling of mankind into sin and all of the consequences that have come from that, God will restore his creation. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign which will not be destroyed. And this last statement sums up the reason why God is doing all of this. He's doing it because of his love for you, but it will be for his renown, because God is the one who's worthy of praise. God is the one who is at the center of the universe. It's not this little group of people and this little blue dot in the midst of all the vastness of the universe that we see. We ought to have some perspective by now in our study of the universe and the skies around us that we're just not that big, and yet we still think we're so important. But this beautiful message of a call from God and the need to answer Him in decent time and an amount in the desire to discover the joy and peace that could be ours in Jesus. What a beautiful thing. So have you answered God's call? Have you felt His pulling on your life to forsake your wicked ways and to turn from the things that are destroying you? Some people have to get so low that their lives are a total mess before they turn to God. And I'm thankful for those of us that haven't had to sink quite that low, but still we realize the darkness in our hearts and the need to to serve God rather than a collection of stuff or a collection of idols that we've placed around us. I desire for my soul to live and I want your soul to live. Answer God's call. I want you to answer him before he hangs up the phone. I want you to answer him before his call is over and that's the end of it. I want you to discover joy and peace. I want you to discover what it is to live for him. I want you to discover what it is for the hills to come alive around you. Uh, there's just something beautiful to be out in God's creation. We don't have many hills on this island, but all I have to do is go down for a walk at the seashore and to feel the breeze and to see the creation of God all around it. That ocean is His. It's not ours. Uh, the flowers that grow around my house that I take joy in are His. They're not ours. The salvation that he has given us in Jesus Christ, the mercy that has been shown to us um, in this call that God has given us. Will you answer his call? Do you hear it? And will you give yourself to him? In Jesus' name, let's pray. Father, I ask that those that hear this morning, there are some that have already answered it and have said they want to be followers of Jesus Christ, but they still have a need to forsake the wicked ways within their heart. I pray that this morning they would 
renew that desire to walk in the way of God, to receive His mercy in a new and fresh way, and to walk worthy of Him in the life that they live. For others, Father, there might be someone listening to this this morning that has never put their trust in the Holy God, never received your mercy, never received the forgiveness, never understood that your ways are so far higher than the ways of man, and that they will not find ultimate truth in anything that man has produced apart from you. I pray, Father, that we would surrender this morning to you, that we would put our trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. I pray, Father, that we would follow you knowing that it is your way that is the right way and the holy way. And I pray, Father, that it would be for your renown, that we would just step out of the glory, out of the light, and let the praise be given to you. I ask, Father, for your blessing on your people and for any lost ones that come to salvation this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen.